Someone once told me the grass is much greener. I still need to watch all of this show in order. There is a mixture of sadness, but at the same time, there's a mixture of a little bit of humor, which you can definitely expect in this series. Every character has multiple dimensions, really. Obviously, it's a scripted show, but they don't feel scripted. They feel real. They feel genuine. If kids find value in things, I think there is value in them, because it is art in its own way, and it is very important. Whatever it is, just own it. You know, love what you do and do what you love. If it's cool to you, then... You know, who cares about what the others say? Someone once told me the grass is much greener on the other side. Hello and welcome to We Are In Between, the podcast that discusses one episode of As Told By Ginger once a week, every week. Last week we did episode 17, which was Peace of My Heart. And this week we are moving on to Season of Caprice, which is episodes 18 through 20. Uh, it originally aired July 7th, 2001, and was mostly written by Emily Kapnick. And for this one, it's summer vacation, and Ginger, Dodie, and Macy are taking their annual trip to Camp Caprice, and Courtney decides last minute that she wants to join in to prove that she isn't high-maintenance like Miranda says that she is. And then we have Miranda, who ends up uh, being at military camp along with Darren, and we also have this boy, Sasha, who is... It was a pretty big deal. He's got, he's, uh, <laughs> that Ginger's crushing on. And basically it's just kind of watching their sort of interactions with one another. And then we also have Carl and Hoodsie starting a housekeeping service as a cover-up for their search for the town's mysterious dog napper. So, uh, a lot going on. So yeah, this is the first TV movie out of four that we'll be discussing about for As Told by Ginger. Not only that, but it's also the season one finale, so I guess they really wanted to put in a lot of time into discussing about the story, and there's a lot going on. Some that will be featured prominently throughout the series, one that's going to be pretty one-off-handedly, and yeah, there's a lot to discuss about. So yeah, it's kind of perfect because throughout the, the last couple of weeks... We, uh, we did the Halloween special and the Christmas special pretty early, but now it's perfect because by the time that we're recording this, it's actually summertime. And I'm sure for a lot of you people, you're probably going over to camp right now. This gave me some major summer camp flashbacks, specifically to Boy Scouts, even though it's a, a slightly different thing. Like the no swimming unsupervised in the lake, that was totally a real thing. Uh, it starts off in the classroom and Ginger is talking about how time seems to move slow whenever you want something to happen. And when the clock reaches uh, the time, and when the school bell rings, it's officially summertime. And they're planning on going to Camp Caprice, which they always go to every summer. And they're really excited about it. Cut into Courtney, who's really interested in going to Camp Caprice and wanting to learn more about it. And then when Ginger, Dodie, and Macy explain to her on what it is, she's interested in going. And Miranda basically says, no, don't even bother on going. We're going to go over to a big cruise in the Virgin Islands. And... And then Courtney is thinking about, maybe I want to go to Camp Caprice after all. It sounds like a lot of fun. And Miranda says, no, I'm sorry, Courtney. This thing would not be for you because you're very high maintenance. And considering from what we've been watching in various episodes, such as um, the one that we talked about a few weeks ago, Blizzard Conditions, in which it took like less than a day for Courtney to chase the military truck because she couldn't handle no food and electricity... 
Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm gonna have to agree with Miranda. She is very high maintenance. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. She high maintenance, and we we see throughout the time that she's at the camp too, right? She, she might be the highest maintenance person that exists. She can't handle any kind of discomfort. I don't know why she would even think that she wants to go to summer camp. If she actually read anything about what it was, I think she might not have gone. But yikes. Yeah, it's funny. Because people who are high-maintenance seem to be the ones who are most insistent on proving that they're not high-maintenance, and Courtney shows that here. Yeah, and it's and it crashes and burns so fast. So, uh, continuing on with the plot, so uh, there's a news report going on that all the dogs are being kidnapped around shelter shrubs, and Carl wants to have an investigation on who's responsible for it. And he thinks that the same person who's been doing all these dog kidnappings may be the same one who kidnapped Monster, which was a dog that he used to own when he was little that was kid that was gone years ago. And so we actually have a little bit of a nice, um, you know, forward into continuity with the clubhouse that they're hanging on is actually the doghouse that Monster used to live in. So when Monster was gone, they converted it into their clubhouse. And we even see throughout the door that it does say Monster. So that's actually the origins of the dog. Yeah, I know if I noticed too before that it said Monster on there and sort of just didn't question it. <laughs> and sort of just accepted that they had a doghouse minus a dog. So it was interesting to see that that's sort of referenced and, you know, that there's this dog snatcher or whatever it is. I don't remember exactly why they decided that it's the principal that must have done it. They find a lot of um, evidence for it, but we'll discuss about that later on. So, in order for them to stay at home so they can be able to investigate sheltered shrubs, because they're going to be going over to a camp, well, Carl's going to a camp, and Hoodsy has to go to his aunt's house, who has a pig farm. So, Carl and Hoodsy convince um, Lois and Joanne that they're going to be doing a cleaning service dressed up as vampires. So, that's why they are going to be, you know, investigating various houses so they can be able to, you know, not only clean but to look for evidence to see on who's been the one stealing the dogs. Yeah, I found myself not caring as much about the Carl Hoodsy stuff. Okay, the cleaning service I did love. The concept of them running a cleaning service together is gold. Um, but the investigation kind of stuff, it was just... It stressed me out. I think it's that kind of thing. It's like you either die a SpongeBob or live long enough to see yourself become a Squidward. And part of my, like, becoming an adult brain was like, oh, God, what are they going to ruin everything? Like, <laughs> it can't be the principal. Like, they're going to make him hate, hate them even more. Yeah, so cutting into uh, the girls going into the bus... So, you know, Courtney rushes in and she says, you know, oh, tip the, bu uh, tip the bus driver, Winston, as she drops off all her stuff, as he drops off all her stuff. And then they go into the bus. And, you know, this is actually where the song comes from. Uh, Casey and I, we interviewed Aspen about a month ago, and she actually sang the Camp Capri song to us yeah. to conclude the podcast. We don't say mooses, we say meese. And we feel <laughs> proud, proud, proud as we sing this song out loud. Yeah, that's the one. And I love what the first time they sing it on the bus, we've heard it at this point, Dodie has introduced it, but Courtney <laughs> kind of does a panicky laugh and she goes, it's very annoying. It's <laughs> 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 pretty much exactly how I felt about it. <laughs> to be fair, yeah. a lot of camp songs are really annoying and repetitive. Oh, it's a great camp song, yeah. 
Oh yeah, it, it definitely fits the mold of one, but that doesn't make it not annoying. This is similar to our School's Out the Musical discussion, Ashley. <laughs> yeah, sometimes certain characters I don't need to hear sing any more than they do. While on the bus, um, you know, Courtney starts asking various questions about the camp and it's basically not what she imagined it would be. There's no, there's no people going to give you masseuses after and there's no dry cleaning and there's no hair salons or whatever and there's no private rooms either. And so Courtney finds this out pretty quickly. And, and then when she goes over to, um, you know, meeting up with all the other girls who are there, especially girls that Ginger knows about from the previous years. They just see Courtney as this normal girl. And this is shocking to Courtney because, you know, she's the most popular girl in school. And the fact that she's treated normal just kind of freaks her out. But I also want to give the defense for Courtney because they Ginger, Dodie, and Macy know that Courtney is there for her first time and that she's very high maintenance. I would have wished that maybe they would have given Courtney some more leadway into introducing the camp as opposed to like they say, oh, you can't have this, and then they just completely ignore her. I just feel like this would be completely out of place for them, especially with Dodie, because I know that if the if the episode would have been played out right, she would have taken full advantage of this. If she was like the, the counselor, she was like, you know, when we see later on she would have probably just you know told the rules and maybe introduced her to a few people who knows maybe courtney would have been so impressed with Dodie that maybe she would actually maybe get her a higher up in the popularity group in school time yeah yeah that's that's for sure yes there's a lot going on in this episode it's so long that i sort of don't know where to start in terms of approaching it but i don't think we need to rehash every beat of the plot well, we have, oh, Courtney's mom is panicking. This is probably backtracking a little bit, but Courtney's mom is freaking out about her going to camp. And Winston gently pats her on the back and says, there, there, fragile matriarch. <laughs> I thought that was such a good line. Oh, Winston's great. He's he's great one for even putting up with his family in the first place, but great as character as well. We have that going, and then with Carlin Hoodsey's plot, the only person who's interested in, in 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 hiring them for the cleanup crew is Principal Milty. And apparently Principal Milty was the principal for Lucky Elementary, which um you know, which Carlin Hoodsey used to go to the um detention hall or be in his office all the time right before he transferred over to Lucky Junior High. And so they're afraid of it at first, and then eventually um Principal Milty says, Okay, I'm gonna be going out for this and that, uh make sure that the house is clean and so Slowly, we see Hoodsey taking the cleanup really, really seriously while Carl is just looking around to see if there's any evidence. And so the first evidence he sees is a chew-up toy, that uh, a dog chew-up toy, and Principal Milty doesn't have a dog. And so he kind of suspects him as being the one who's been doing the kidnapping. Yeah, so it's, you know, it's it's very typical of them to sort of jump to these conclusions really quickly and be like, oh, this is this is who the dog napper is, this is what this is, we're gonna catch him, we're gonna call back up and all that. It's it's very them to get sort of obsessed on these little details and decide that it's all bigger than it is. And again, like you you watch it and you you know that it's not gonna be him from a viewer's perspective, but there they go, jumping on in, getting all crazy about it. Can we talk about the Darren Miranda sort of pairing that happens in this episode? It's not romantic at all, but I even, I made a note 
saying, come on, Miranda, give us one episode where we like you. And I think she did. I I like outdoorsy Miranda separated from Courtney. She becomes so much better. You know, I, I liked her too. She, she um, we find out one, she has some pretty strong survival skills. She literally just takes like a part of a broken, I don't know, wooden rod or whatever and throws it into the lake and catches a fish in like two seconds. She knows how to start a fire apparently. Yeah, she's definitely rugged and props to her for being that. I guess she kind of has to be considering that her dad is the main drill sergeant in the in the military camp that her she happens to be in because Courtney canceled on the trip and because she's not allowed to go there without Courtney so that's how she ends up going over there and so Darren goes over there Chet is over there and Darren is pretty miserable going into military camp and the reason why he's there is because his father wants him to toughen up because both him and Will are these buff guys who you know, they've gone to this military camp and they've played football and they're, you know, really assertive and Darren's kind of like the weak link of the group. So he wants Darren to toughen up by going to the military camp and hoping that something would come out of it. And um, yeah, uh, similar to how Courtney is not doing very well in Camp Caprice, Darren is not doing very well in the military camp. Yeah, no, not at all. I also just want to quickly go back to what kind of a parent does that? Like, Sorry, your friend couldn't go on the cruise, so I guess you're going to military camp for the summer. It seems like a pretty big jump, um, especially considering it's not like a punishment or rationale or anything. I guess because he's the head drill sergeant there and whatever, but it's felt bad for her, you know, when you have a big, exciting summer planned and to have it crushed away. You'd think that she would just go to Camp Caprice instead, maybe. Whatever. Them being separate is for the best anyways, but yeah, no, Darren's not built for this. It's actually funny because, um, so we get introduced to the camp counselors, and one of them just so happens to be, um, what was it, Ned or something? And it, and funny enough, Jackie was right. Ned is voiced by Neil Patrick Harris, and I didn't notice this. I, I mean, when, when, when Jackie said, "Oh, and Neil Patrick Harris was in an episode," and I was like, "Really?" And I looked it up, and it's like, "Oh, he was in an episode, and he just so happens to be one of the camp counselors, and he's like this incredibly enthusiastic camp counselor, and he's really, really." Um, you know, he wants to persuade Macy to face her fears in swimming the Camp Caprice Lake, especially when Macy hears the story about that there's this girl who swam the Camp Caprice Lake and she disappeared. And so Macy has kind of like a fear. And so he convinces her, it's okay. You know, I'll be there watching you. And then Macy kind of develops a little crush on him. Yeah, that's, it's cool to see a big name like that in here. Macy, I think is cute with us. And I think it's a that's something that happens fairly frequently is the crushes on the counselors. I remember that from my summer camp days for sure. <laughs> and, you know, it makes sense for her to sort of be crushing on somebody who's encouraging and exciting. And I also just want to throw out that I love that this is another one of those moments where we get to see Macy sort of show her strong side where, so th they decide to have these goals right on this chalkboard and Macy's is to, uh, conquer her fear of the lake, which she ends up doing. And I just, I love that she's able to always face her fears and just be such a strong character, even though she is still, right, got all these health issues and all that. Right. Okay, is it Sasha time? Ah! 
<laughs> what does that mean, Patricia? I want to hear your thoughts. I, I hate Sasha. Thoughts. I really oh. hate him. He is so uh, bland. He is the blandest crush that Ginger ever received. He's even blander than Ian. And when you find out what Sasha will be doing on later in the series, it is a major slap in the face. Oh, yeah, I, I read some spoilers on accident, but uh, it seems minor at least. But uh, here's a direct note I have at a moment when, like, Ginger, act, it, where it's when Sasha first overhears about Ian. I wrote, ah, poor Sasha. Not about Ginger, though, about the fact that he still thinks he might like girls. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Casey. I guess it doesn't help that his name is Sasha. Yeah, when, when I read that note, it was like, my name is Sasha, just so you know. I was like, your name is what? Your parents didn't love you? What? <laughs> like, they wanted a daughter? I don't, I don't know what happened. <laughs> As someone with a gender-neutral name, <laughs> no, but I've never known a male Sasha except on, like, Drag Race, and that's a whole different thing. I mean, I did meet a man named Carmen once, but I... Okay. I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, with Leslie and Shirley, you know, I do know some guys who have female names, that's fine, but Sasha, out of all the names, but, oh my god, okay. So yeah, we do first get introduced to Sasha, and Ginger develops a crush on him right away, but it kind of gets ruined because... You know, at first it starts off with Ginger feeding off the the horse and Sasha comes up and says, you can't do that. It's against the rules. And it turns out that, you know, Ginger knows the horse already. They are kind of really close. And then Courtney comes along and says, excuse me, boy, can I please have some water? And he's not the errand boy, Courtney. I mean, sure, he may work for the camp, but... And then just Sasha looks at her. It's like, okay, I gotta go. And then Courtney says, well, how rude. It's like, Courtney, you can't expect everybody to be servants, right? But no, she does. And it kind of ruins, you know, Ginger's chance of meeting up with Sasha. But uh, yeah, we'll get to that later. So... Okay, so we have um, Carl and Hoodsy looking for more evidence of Principal Milty being the dog napper. And then the second clue they find out is that the dog napper has been luring the dogs to come outside with these dog treats. And then when Carl and Hoodsy are cleaning, they find like a whole box of dog treats right under the sink. And again, since they don't see a dog from Principal Milty, they're really assuming that he was the one who stole the dogs. And, you know, that part also gets continued on. So, yeah, again, the mystery of if Principal Milty stole the dogs is continuing with Carl and Hoodsy's plot. Oh, I think we can introduce Melanie now, too. Yeah, sure. Yeah, she uh, is Sasha's sister. Does Ginger know that right away? Is that why she even approaches her in the first place? No, she doesn't know this at first. The reason why she approached Melanie was because she's trying to play guitar. And since right. Ginger plays guitar the, that we learned of in Blizzard Conditions, she shows her a song. She sings like the, the Coppered Colored Pony song. Yeah, I like that song a lot. I was I thought it was really nice. It is the second instance we see of Ginger playing guitar. I hope that's a through line. I hope she keeps getting better and keeps her... Because she's such a great writer. I think it makes sense that she writes lyrics too and puts them to music. Um, who knows? Maybe we'll see more of that later on. I'm not saying anything. 
Anyway, so yeah, we do see Ginger showing Melanie how to play the guitar, and we have Courtney coming by and saying, Oh, hello, little girl. And, you know, she kind of like tries to shoo her away and said, Excuse me, we have to talk about big girl things. And it's like, Jeez, Courtney, this is why nobody likes you. You're shooing everybody away. Ugh, she's hard to like, and especially in the summer camp setting. She really doesn't really fit in, doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And, uh, this is skipping ahead quite a bit, but at the end of the episode, she does say something like, um, oh, well, you guys just treated me how I treat you guys during the school year. And I, I found it kind of um, very self-aware. And I think Courtney is right most of the time, despite the fact that she refuses to admit that she's high maintenance. You know, she's she's usually pretty aware of how terrible she is. So it's, it's nice to get that acknowledgement that, she ignores these people who are quote-unquote lesser than her. Yeah, but it would have still been really nice if Ginger, Dodie, and Macy would have introduced her to the camp because that would be something that they would do. I mean, you know, remember when, you know, Courtney invited Ginger to the slumber party? She kind of, like, taught Courtney some tricks and some tips about, like, this is how you throw a slumber party. You have the songs, you have the stories, you have the snacks, you have the games and whatever. So I think it would have been in Ginger's character that she would have been helping Courtney out, but I guess because she has a crush on Sasha... That that this part this plot point pretty much goes away, but then Courtney doesn't do good either because she inadvertently tells Ginger's camp friends that oh Ginger's really popular, we're best friends. She has a boyfriend named Ian, even though none of that stuff is true. And then you know Sasha's kind of overhearing this, and he thinks of Ginger as a total wannabe, which is similar to what Miranda thought of Ginger in the first episode. Go get that word wannabe again. And then, oh, God, Sasha, though, Sasha has. <laughs> so so there's this cow that's Oh, my birth. God, this if moment. You, do you want to talk about it? You could go for it. Can I steal it from you? It's my yes, favorite moment of the episode. <laughs> this is what confirms to me my theory about Sasha, because this is, like, the cattiest thing that has ever happened on the show. Uh, <laughs> this cow gives birth. And uh, Sasha, like, helps because he's this, like, farmhand kind of type. And it, he goes, it's a, it's a bull. And uh, someone asks, hey, Sasha, what's his name? And he gets, shoots Ginger, like, the dirty, like, shadiest look and just says, Ian. <laughs> I, like, actually audibly reacted. I was like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> move on you're at a summer camp like if you're gonna continue on with this whole girls thing there's like a hundred of them at this camp <laughs> like <laughs> oh god i'm dying <laughs> oh uh, i don't like sasha Okay, so Ginger wants to confront Sasha, saying, you know, you're completely misunderstanding me. And then he flat out says, I think you're a total wannabe. You started off as a nobody, but then you became a somebody when you become friends with Courtney and start dating Ian. And then she flat out says, you don't know those people and you don't know me. And then she just flat out walks away. And I mean, it just really emphasizes the fact that, you know, this was probably why Sasha would be pretty angry with her. It's like, Dude, just talk to him. Come on. It's similar to like, um, you know, with in the previous episode, it's like, hey, um, Darren, Courtney doesn't want to 
go out in the dance with you and he you know he flat out interrupts ginger saying like oh but darren you, you don't understand it's like no i think i do understand it's like just speak to each other come on right all it would take is a one minute conversation Ugh. yeah and this movie would be so much shorter uh I, yeah. I, that that would be great that would be fantastic yeah it's a bit too long for me i stand by what i told you off the mic patricia that i enjoy this episode um, I mostly like that it recaps pretty much everything in the season. Like, loose ends are tied nicely. They get out of school. It's a nice change of scenery. Um, I, we can talk more about this when we get to the yay, may, or nay. Yeah. yeah. Yay, meh, or nay. <laughs> I think part of it, too, for me, and part of the reason why I like it, is that it just gives me so, such a nostalgia kick, you know? Like, it just brings me back to those days at summer camp that I haven't thought about in years, and just all those things, like staying in bunks and all that. I don't know. That, that, that nostalgia feeling just couldn't help but come back um i never really had any nostalgia connections with this episode because i never went to summer camp um okay anyway so yeah continue ashley um yeah i don't think we've touched on this much either so i guess Dodie wants to be a counselor and we don't need to stick on this for long but she she decides that she's gonna be extra puppy and i don't know if it's like the leader of the camp i forgot her name but She's basically like an adult version of Dodie and that they're both terrible. <laughs> but just like Dodie gets this whistle and of course she gets like all up in her head about it and how it's a big responsibility and how exhausting her life is and just very, very Dodie and not not by any means the worst she's ever been, but just very Dodie. Um, her name is Marjorie, by the way. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and she's, like, really hyperactive. She's like, we have to have camp spirit, spirit, spirit! And she, you know, gives off the rules with the whistle and all that stuff. And Dodie wants to be a camp counselor. And so she starts kind of, like, being the counselor assistant or the counselor in training. And she really takes it into her head that she's going to be the best counselor that Camp Caprice has ever had. So we have that plot. And she even goes too far in saying, like, you know, okay, everybody, no talking don't talk until breakfast tomorrow or lights out really early it's like okay Dodie, you're just pushing it way too much but you know we have that going on and um you know going back to our last plot point with carlin hoodsey so uh they find out that the only place that principal milty does not allow them to go down uh, to go to clean is the basement so they think that's where the dogs are being held so they sneak over to principal milty's house and then they convince their mother saying that they're going to be sleeping in each other's houses so they can be able to have like a little cover-up so while Principal Milty goes away, they go into the house, they grab the key to the basement, and then they go downstairs, and they see a dog that's being tied downstairs, and uh, they see that it's the only dog downstairs, and they're wondering, where's the other ones? And they see a furnace, and they think that maybe that's where the remaining dogs went to. Uh, and speaking of the dogs, we didn't even mention this whatsoever, but one of the dogs that gets kidnapped is Muffin, who's the, that was the dog that Carlin Hoodsey watched over in blizzard condition. So that's another nice bit of continuity. So yeah, they decide to call the police and they're going to fr- put up a trap Home Alone style so they can be able to catch Principal Milty and confront him saying that he's the dog napper. Yeah, and again, this is just so... So then, but uh, they, they end up catching him in a net and everything, and he's coming home with uh, some sort of a lady friend who um, 
when the cops come, we see her running away, and she's like, oh, they're on to me. And um, right before that, too, she talks about how much she's like, oh, you have a dog, and literally hates dogs. And it's, um, you know, it's revealed at the end that she is the dog napper, but it's, it's not exactly shocking given her, her reaction to everything. But, um, yeah, so I guess it's this random woman has been stealing the dogs from town and just driving them away and leaving them, which is kind of messed up. Like, really messed up, actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I didn't get the closure I wanted from this plot. Like, no. <laughs> I hope we see more because it was kind of upsetting that it didn't get resolved. It pretty like, much goes absolutely nowhere. What? Don't, oh, really? Don't worry, don't oh. worry. The dog will come back, but... And, you know, there may be mentions of monster, but as for this subplot about the woman, you know, taking the dogs away, nothing. That's so messed up. <laughs> I, I was so upset. I was like, who does it? Who just steals dogs and leaves them in the middle of nowhere? Here's another reason why I don't really like the summer of Camp Caprice. There's plot points that are shown in this episode that go completely nowhere. Like... I, again, I don't want to spoil it, but I guess we can go into, like, one of them. The thing with Ginger and Sasha, it's going to end up disappointing. The thing with Ginger, I mean, the thing with Darren and Miranda thinking that it may go somewhere because they do spend time together, there's going to be one episode of that, and then it's going to be gone. So, yeah, there's a reason why I don't like Summer of Camp Caprice. It leads up to something really interesting, but then it goes completely nowhere later on. Wow, fair enough. Anyway, so I guess we can finish this up. So, um, so Miranda and Darren have to, um, you know, they, they want to escape because they're really miserable at the, at the military camp. And then they decide to swim all the way to, to Camp Caprice. Uh, when they reach the halfway point, Darren sprained his ankle. And Miranda decides to go back to Camp Caprice to get some help. But then she gets a cramp. And then Macy decides to conquer her fear in the middle of the night by swimming in the lake. And she actually hears Miranda yelling for help. And she thinks it's the girl that, you know, she's been hearing in the stories about the, you know, the the lost Camp Caprice girl. And so when she swims over there, she finds Macy. She saves them. And then uh, we have Dodie breaking a rule and getting the motorboat. And then they drive over to Miranda and save her. And then Miranda says, oh, let me drive the motorboat. I was practically raised in one by my uncle. And so they get Darren. And so then they finally, uh, you know, get, you know, they finally go back to Camp Caprice. And then we see Miranda and Courtney getting back. We see Darren and Ginger getting back. So, yeah, and we have that going on. And then in the next morning, things do not turn out very well because... We have Marjorie saying, you girls broke 14 rules in less than 24 hours. And then she lists all the rules. And then she says, you are permanently suspended from Camp Caprice. Which is a pretty big bullet for for, um, Dodie to take, considering she wanted to be a counselor someday, right? This isn't just a place for her to be for now. She's clearly got aspirations to be back here. So at this moment, you, you... can feel her very much being upset about it but uh thankfully they decide to sort of stick up and they you know sort of a you know understand what we're doing they're like well we were just trying to spread the school spirit far and wide and like we were yeah it was uh was it Dodie or ginger that gives the speech 
Well, it's a combination right, of it. yeah, it's a combination of Dodie, Ginger, Macy, and Courtney. But Dodie is the one that basically gives off the speech. One thing to Sasha's credit, I do think the locket is adorable. At the when uh, Ginger's back home and she's looking at a locket that says "See you next summer" with a question mark, and it's the two of them in a heart locket. That that was cute. Yeah, but unfortunately, it's going to be ending up pretty disappointingly later on. Oof. So don't yeah. e- don't even get comfortable. No. Okay, that's it for this episode. And yeah, let's give off our yays, nays, man. I'm going to start it off. I don't like this episode. I'm <laughs> sorry. I don't like it. I've known about the series multiple times. I've seen every single episode. And no, out of the four TV movies, this is my least favorite. Trust me, the mm. other TV movies that you'll be seeing later on does not only have better structure with the story and the characters, but it actually does follow better with the plots that will be following on in the later seasons. The second movie is going to be a big one the third one is going to be a big one and the fourth one especially is going to be a big one the first one it basically you know you have a cute thing with them going to summer camp and you think that maybe with the whole little plot that it adds in with ginger may have a new crush it pretty much just goes disappointing oh darren and miranda may have something no it only happens for one episode and then that's it oh and the whole thing with the dogs i mean we do get a little mention here and there but it pretty much goes nowhere and the dog will come back unexpectedly with no build-up so and sasha oh god sasha he is so bland and and when you find and when you see him in the later episodes it's just gonna infuriate you so yeah i'm sorry i don't like it there you go. I'm, I'm done. I know a lot of people are going to hate me because for a lot of people, they have fond memories of Summer of Camp Caprice. But I just don't see it that way. I'm sorry. Totally fine. I'm going to give this one a yay. I know I know, disagreeing with Patricia on this. Not a super strong one, but I really just, I did enjoy it. And I felt like it did just, again, and maybe part of it is just the nostalgia of it reminds me of Summer Camp and sort of these, these little fleeting crushes and all of this and... Um, sort of just that that feel um and i liked that we got to see sort of a better side of miranda and one where we liked her a little bit better um the b plot didn't really do it for me uh, it was okay but overall I, i'm still gonna give it a yay yeah i will also give it a yay for similar reasons i i really liked the camp itself and the plot there didn't love the carl hoodsy plot which has been a trend lately which isn't usually the case for me but I uh, love the Darren Miranda sort of C plot that ends up combining with the A plot. So uh, for all those reasons, I give this one a yay. Okay, fair enough. Um, so yeah, that is it. We have finally covered every single episode of season one of As Told by Ginger. So tune awesome. in- So yeah, we're one third of the series complete. So tune in next week as we're going to be doing a season one recap, discussing about our favorite episodes, our favorite moments, and for Casey and Ashley's case, what are they going to predict for season two? So hope to see you guys around soon, and thank you for listening.